Welcome to episode 18 of the Smash or Pass podcast, part of the Smash Accept network of podcasts. Tonight's show, we are going to be doing re-smashing the 2023 draft. So we know a lot of you guys are real degenerates like we are, and you drafted like the day after the NFL draft, but a lot of you haven't done that. Some of you have drafted, and we want to try to give you guys an update on some of the news and notes that's going on with these rookies. Nobody better to talk about rookies than my man, FF Snoog. How you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing good, and we, we haven't talked to rookies in a while, so it's good to get back to this. And all the rookie camp, mini hype, and all this stuff coming out, all these rookies making plays in shorts. People are getting a little too crazy now, so we're going to address who's good and who's not good and who you need to draft in your rookie drafts. Yeah, and, and sticking with, you know, we've been doing a format here lately where we've had on some great guys from YouTube, you know, from Flock Fantasy, Mason Dodd, we had Corey on, we had Ron Stewart, you know, and we've been been trying to show you guys the draft board as we go, and we're going to do that again tonight. Um, you know, Snoog and I are going to redraft this 2023 class and really try to dig deep into it, try to compare it to 2024, compare it to 2022. And you can't talk 2022 rookies snoop without talking about my man, Garrett Wilson. The autograph Jersey is behind me. We're looking at that. will be given away this weekend. So father's day, we'll be giving away that Garrett Wilson signed Jersey and snoop. Garrett Wilson is just blowing up right now. Like every tweet that has Garrett Wilson in there, people are jumping all over it. Yeah, I feel bad for the people that are late to the party because we were drafting him in the seventh round last year. So now that value tripled in value. So now he's going in that early second round. We both were high on Garrett Wilson coming into the process. I know we talked about it a little bit, but he's going to be an absolute stud with Aaron Rodgers this year. And I expect a top 10 season from him at age 22. I know it's going to be awesome. And guys, if you guys want that right now, I mean, the Patreon is an awesome place. The The Discord is blowing up, you know, guys talking trades all the time, positive atmosphere. I talk I talk about it a lot where it's like, hey, your girlfriend, your wife, your coworkers, they don't want to hear about your fantasy team. They don't want to hear about your dynasty squads and your trades. We do. You know, we break them down in there. It's a community of, of over 100 people right now just chopping up trades, talking about, you know, how they do their startup strategies. We're going to have sit starts once the season rolls around. And right now, if you sign up on a seven-day free trial, you'll be entered to win this bad boy. Garrett Wilson signed jersey. It is – I, I want to keep it. I'm not going to lie. Snoog, I want to keep it. But we got to make sure we give it away. All right. So we did a little bit of uh, shuffling in the back. And, you know, the 101 is what the 101 – always was you know like we were not going to be changing that it has been I see some people trying to get creative and trying to say hey you know what I think it's Anthony Richardson now because of quarterbacks it's been Bijan since last year Bijan Robinson is the 101 but Snoop the question is if you were given a choice right now if you were given the 101 this year of Bijan Robinson or the 101 101 of Caleb Williams next year right now in, this year including so you'd get an extra year out of Bijan how close would it be and who would you take it's definitely close because they're both going to be in that like first round startup value area but I, I think you got to roll with Bijan just because he's already in the NFL he went eighth overall he's going to absolutely bomb this year and produce like a monster so I just think that value he there's a chance he's he gets that JT treatment next year where he falls mm-hmm. into that top five top six range in startups People are still just going to be stuck on Caleb Williams. Oh, he's a rookie. He hasn't done anything in the NFL yet. You know how people are. We like to put things into perspective and kind of predict futures, but both studs. The the quarterback should get the edge, especially a guy as good as Caleb Williams, because if they both came out this year, I'm a firm believer that Caleb Williams would have been the one-on-one. But that extra year, Bijan being in a phenomenal situation, you got to roll with Bijan. And I think right now the nice part about – the 101 should go to the worst team. You know, that's why we talk about our rebuild and our one-year punt, having your own pick, creating a positional void to get that. But there's a lot of teams this year, Snoog, that 
they they were not ready for Bijan Robinson, right? They had holes all over their team. The nice part is if you do a rebuild going into this year, you're going to get the same exact value, if not more, with Caleb Williams. He's going to go in that 108 to 110 range, but he's the perfect piece to your rebuild. Because you can create a, you know, you get Kyler Murray, create a positional void as your second quarterback. You get Caleb Williams, you're in a spot to absolutely dominate where you can start filling in those other holes. As opposed to when we talked about you had Bijan, you don't want that running back on there if your team's not ready, the quarterback you do. So you got the two spot. We're talking quarterbacks. Go ahead and hit it up. So this is where it gets tough. I kind of have a like one big tier here and... At first, I didn't, but now I'm starting to kind of cater towards this tier that I value them all pretty identical. I, I don't like picking who's who from the quarterbacks, but I think I have to go with Anthony Richardson just because that's what the market says. Mm-hmm. It's not letting me take him, though. Oh, there we go. Um, that's, that's what the market says. I, they, it's like Sleeper didn't want me to take him. They're like, no, don't pick him. Take Jameer Gibbs. But Right. When, all your Jameer Gibbs love out there. Yeah. Just for our listeners, we are doing this as a 12-team Superflex draft, you know, and I think there is something to be said based off of a lot of you guys are really, really talking about league size. And if you guys want to go out and listen to some philosophy, we had Scott Connor on two weeks ago where we were really talking about the difference between an 8-team, a 10-team, a 12-team, how deep it is. We are going to treat this as a 12-team 10 starter super flex all those things really matter when it gets down to it so i'm with you you know 12 team anthony richardson right now is going late first early second in that deshaun watson area it's the right pick here but snoog i mean where do you have him in your rankings right now because for me it's hard to pass up on a guy like deshaun watson it's hard to pass up on on some of these guys in that area given the fact that we haven't seen it from anthony richardson yet yeah, I, ha- I have him top 12. I-, I think I have him, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud all in the same tier with Richardson at the top just because of that athleticism. He's a he's a 99th percentile athlete. He's the best athlete to ever step foot at the NFL Combine at the quarterback position. I know he's raw, so that's kind of where it gets tricky. So that's why I prefer or prefer like the proven studs like Kyler, Watson, guys like that over him. But He's like my QB 12 in Dynasty right now, and you just have to roll with him because the floor is insane. He can run the ball 200 times in a season and still finish as a top 10 quarterback. So we saw Justin Fields do it. We saw Jalen Hurts do it. No reason he shouldn't do it. He got the perfect situation that he could ask for. He's got the coaching staff. He has the weapons built around him. Three good wideouts, good offensive line, Jonathan Taylor. That, that team's ready to go. So Richardson's been showing up at camp as well proven that he's more accurate than people believe. So I think he's the pick at two and the market says so as well. So don't get too cute in your rookie drafts. Always draft the value. If you don't like Richardson, move back because 99% of the people are going to take him at two. Yeah. And I think the reason I have him as my QB 10, I have him right behind Deshaun Watson, right above Kyler and Dak. And for me, it's because that rushing floor, he's only going to have to put up 150 rushing with, with the rushing yards. He's only going to have to put up 150 passing and one touchdown to put himself in that Justin Fields area. There is some risk there though. The thing for me right now is I'm not passing on Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is going to put himself back in that, that top six to eight startup pick value. He's someone that I would not pass on. But if I'm in a if I'm in a startup, but at the rookie pick 102, Anthony Richardson is an absolute smash there. The difference being, I have him a tier above both Stroud and Young because of that rushing floor. Both Stroud and Young have a little bit of risk involved to them. Their weapons right now. That being said, I'm going to take Bryce Young here at three, and and we'll we'll continue to talk about this. Is I think Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud both have some of the worst weapons around them period, you know, and you look at other guys that were taken in the first round, you know, your Mac Jones and guys like that with poor weapons around them and they've struggled. So I think Bryce Young is just athletic enough that he is going to produce right there, right off the bat. Um, So I am personally taking Bryce Young here. I think he has enough upside that he's in that back end QB one, that early QB two range, but I don't put him as the same ceiling I do as Anthony Richardson. You are up again. Yeah, so this this is tough here. So I play all six-point passing in like 95% of my leagues. I think I'm in like two that aren't. Uh, But So CJ Stroud was my QB1 coming out, and I I feel bad almost like I'm – like it's like I'm fading him, but I'm not. It's just I always take the value. 
but like you said, I mean, Richardson has that crazy upside, but when it comes to six-point passing, I think Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud could easily surpass him in value come two years from now. And I wouldn't be surprised if C.J. Stroud's QB won in this class down the road because he's just a phenomenal pure pocket passer. He's a sniper. He can lead players. He he throws the ball to the wide receivers. He throws them open, like he said, and, and that's mm-hmm. just true. It's all over his tape. He's the best pure pocket tight window thrower that i've seen coming out in a while so that the qb situation is just tough just take your favorite one take the cheapest one is what i like to say if i could get a second on top of stroud to move off of richardson why not because i'm all comfortable with any of those three guys but the pick here for me is jameer gibbs and i was telling dad before this i recently bumped him up to my rb3 in dynasty for two reasons i kicked him over jt Brees hall's above him Bijan's above him but Jameer Gibbs coming in 21 years old, just got drafted 12th overall, and he's on that four-year rookie contract now with the potential option to get his fifth year extended with the with the first-round draft pick. So that's five years guaranteed on the lines that we're, we're, we're going to get from Jameer Gibbs as long as he's healthy versus Jonathan Taylor's second contract he's already about to start after this year. If Jonathan Taylor outscores Gibbs this year, I won't be surprised. That's probably going to happen. Jonathan Taylor's a monster, and he's going to have that massive contract year, so he gets his bag. But second contract running backs has never been great. Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey, generational guys like that that catch 90 passes a year have shown that it's fine. But you see guys like Gurley and stuff like that that barely even made it past that. So it gets tricky. And Gibbs has that crazy upside in the receiving game. 4-3 speed, true home running speed. And he's going to absolutely dominate on that Lions offense coming in as the second option with Jamison Williams out for the first six games. So people are going to call me crazy, but I don't think it's crazy at all. And I'm going to speak it into existence because he has all the upside in the world and we're guaranteed four to five years out of this kid. And he's still only 21 years old. So that's my RB3 in Dynasty and that's my RB2 in this rookie class. I have no problem with that at all. You know, it really depends on on your situation. If you play the upside of a Jameer Gibbs over the safe floor of, of say, the next quarterback that I'm going to take, you know, the, you always play the upside. You know, play it to win. I uh, got to give a shout out to D Munoz, 34, and R. Wiltsey. Both of these guys have, you know, signed up for the draft so we could end up, you know, making this draft. So shout out to both of you guys. Appreciate you so much. You know, the, both of these guys are in the Patreon. It, like I said before, it's it's just a great community to be a part of. And you guys are all involved in these kind of things. And we appreciate you. So uh, the next pick for me, I have to take CJ Stroud here because it is a, uh, because we're looking at, it's a 12-team Superflex. If this is a 10-team Superflex, I'm taking Jackson Smith and Jigba. No questions asked because I think what we're looking at right now is you cannot pass on quarterbacks in 12-team. If it's 12 or 14, those quarterbacks are so much more valuable. I think C.J. Stroud puts himself instantly in that QB2 conversation. Those guys always have value you know, for multiple years, whether they hit or don't hit year one. And I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is is going into a little bit of a crowded wide receiver room. I love him. I absolutely do. But I think I ha- I would be, it, it, depending on what my situation, I would love to have the quarterback, you know. And I think that's the debate here, Snoog, is do we want to take the quarterback or do we want to take the wide receiver? I had six of these type situations and I took Stroud and four of them and JSN and two of them because I think ultimately it comes down to your need, right? Like what kind of league are you playing in? How does your league value quarterbacks? How does your league, you know, value them in in the trade market? In most leagues, the quarterback is always going to be favored to the wide receiver. And right now when you look at bulletproof ADP, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going at 402 and you look at CJ Stroud's going at 308. So Stroud is going a little bit before, but it really just depends on which way you want to play it. Yeah. So end of the tier here for me, it's Jackson all the way clear cut wide receiver one in this class. And I don't think it's close either. I think he has the most upside and I think he has the safest floor as well. 99th percentile athlete is a agility person he set like records at the combine like he he was one of the best three cone and shuttle guys since 2014 surpassing odell beckham jr so this kid came in as a sophomore at ohio state and outproduced garrett wilson chris olave olave Emeka Ibuka, and marvin harrison jr and he put up a four plus yards per out run season 
1,600 yards, setting Ohio State's record for receiving yards and receptions with 90-plus. And he also scored nine touchdowns. So he did all this at 18 or 19 years old, and I think he opted out last year. I don't think the hamstring was really that big of a deal for him. I think he knew what he was going to get. I think he knew he was going first-round lock. I think he knew he was the best wide receiver in this class. I don't think he needed to show anything else because – he saw his boys Garrett and Olave come in and dominate in the NFL as true rookies, both surpassing a thousand yards in terrible situations. And Jackson played better than them on the same team. So no brainer move for me here. You could argue him anywhere in the first three to six spots. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm fine with this value because you don't have to reach on him. Everybody's gonna take the quarterbacks and Jameer Gibbs over him. So I was sniping Jackson one oh six in every single league and man, that felt nice because he's just an absolute stud. I love the situation. I know people say it's crowded. It might be a little weird his rookie year, but he's going to play with two great wide receivers in Tyler Lockett and DK. He's going to learn a ton. He's coming in as that slot guy instantly. They seem like they're building off of Geno, and they're trying to get him more weapons. They're changing up their personnel. They're going to run a lot more 11 personnel, three wide receiver sets. Jackson's going to eat out of the slot, and I would not be surprised if he out-targets DK Metcalf within the next three years. So this has been absolutely chalk so far. You know, we knew this was going to be, we talked about it all off season that it was those big six there, you know, there's, there's many tiers within there, but there's six guys in that, in that top area. I want to talk a little bit about that in comparison to 2024. We talked about Caleb Williams clear cut as that 101, the 102, depending on what you went, is either Marvin Harrison or, or Drake may, um, I personally right now have Drake May in that same area as C.J. Stroud, slightly behind Bryce Young, definitely behind Richardson. I have Marvin Harrison, man. I would take him over Gibbs right now. Like I, That's where I'm at with Marvin Harrison. That guy is going to be so special. Let's talk a little bit about you know how you see it. You've been diving into a lot more college tape than I have. I mean, what kind of difference do you see right now between JSN and Marvin Harrison in value and, and absolute ceiling? Because I think Marvin Harrison is – that kind of player that we looked at, like that Calvin Johnson type, that absolute difference maker above or at least on par with with where Jamar Chase is going to be. Yeah, Marv's definitely going to come in. He's going to be the best one out of the group. And I'm a big Garrett guy, but Marvin Harrison's just so special. And he's one of few wide receivers in the past couple of years to come out as a true Alpha X wide receiver. 6'3 size, 200 plus pounds, good at everything. Jump balls, has great hands, great route runner, quick release. He can do everything. So that's where he kind of separates himself from the rest is his size. He's like a 6'3 Garrett Wilson. So I'm all for that. You would you could argue him 102 in this draft all day right after Bijan. You could argue him over Bijan, honestly, because I literally think Myron Harrison's going to go top eight next year easily. If London and Garrett went eight and 10, Marv should go top five. So Marvin's a stud. As long as he doesn't get injured, I'm praying that he doesn't. I hope he just opts out because he doesn't need to prove anything else. Yeah, He got robbed of that Belenikoff award. Jalen Hyatt was not the best wide receiver in college football, so I'm still pissed about that. But Marvin is definitely better than Jackson, but Jackson's damn good as well. So (laughs) it's tough to rank these Ohio State wide receivers, but they're completely different players. I look at it like you're comparing like a better Amon Ross St. Brown with like a Julio Jones. So when when it comes down to fantasy, it's different. Jackson could out, outproduce Marvin Harrison some years in fantasy football, but as as an NFL valued wide receiver, Marvin Harrison's better. So if we had a crystal ball and we're just set in, and that with that the one hundred two next year is Marvin Harrison, and I think you're absolutely right, he would have gone top five in this year's NFL draft. Absolutely. Would you pay? We're gonna play a little smash or pass here. So you have Jackson Smith and Jigba and the one twelve. Is that a smash or pass for Marvin Harrison? 112 in 2023 or 2024? Uh, 2024. So you have JSN already, and then you got to give yeah. up a late first. You're going to take Harrison, you're going to take the, the package. I think I'm going to smash the package. I think you okay. have to, because I, think, I don't think they're that far off. I don't feel like anybody's earth. doing it for a second. I feel like it's got that's the yeah. that's the cost right now. If we had a crystal ball, which we don't, but it's just at least fun to talk the about. Yeah, I'm gonna look at it as Marvin Harrison's insane. He's great, but he still doesn't have a better season than Jackson. And Jackson mm-hmm. did it while Marvin was on that team. Marvin did it when Jackson opted out. So mm-hmm. it's tough. I, I think Marvin's better. He's the better prospect. He's gonna come in the better NFL player, but 
I don't think they're a first off in value. I really don't. I think Jackson is that dude. I, I think they're both better than Olave as players. These guys are all great. They're all going to be top 12 dynasty wide receivers at some point, but they're going to go with a package for sure. Here's where it changes. So this is the, the first move that I've changed on my board at pick seven. I'm taking Quentin Johnston. That's right. Quentin Johnston is Thanks. absolutely special after the catch. If you look at last year, sixth in yards after catch per reception, 11th in missed tackles, you know, someone that has goes to a quarterback situation in Justin Herbert, right? I love Jordan Addison. We got Kirk Cousins in there. We go to a situation and that obviously Jordan Addison is paired up with, you know, Justin Jefferson. Quentin Johnston's paired up with Keenan Allen, where he's going to learn from a veteran who's on his way out, right? Quentin Johnston goes to the Chargers who have thrown 39.3 passes per game since 2021. Almost 40 passes a game, Snoop. Charges are going to use that 11 personnel. They used it 60% of the time last year. So he will have an immediate impact year one. Mike Williams struggles to get on the field. Quentin Johnston, we're going to see what he is right off the bat, right? This isn't a scenario where we're going to say, let's see, you know, he's a, a good dynasty hold. I'm playing the upside. I'm playing the ceiling because he has a wide receiver one type ceiling, especially tied to Justin Herbert. Yeah, and I, I 100% agree with you. He's been my wide receiver too for a while now. I've always been in love with his game, that that yak ability, that size, that 80-inch wingspan. It's ridiculous. The ceiling's there. I just don't think Zay and Jordan Addison can reach that level of ceiling. And now with his situation, I always said he didn't have the the second highest floor. I always thought Addison had the higher floor. I'm actually firmly, completely all in on Quentin Johnson's floor over Jordan Addison because he's not playing behind Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. He's playing with two old wide receivers that can't stay healthy. They're great. They're good enough vets that he's going to learn from them. And he's going to be that guy that is absolutely gouging teams down the middle with his yak ability, his size. I literally think that last year, Mike Williams and the year before those breakout years is Quentin Johnson's floor because he's going to be that Mike Williams for Justin Herbert with the yak ability that Mike Williams doesn't have and the speed that he doesn't have. Mike Williams was a body catcher coming out of school. He was He would always go up and he'd catch the ball cradling it like that. Now look at him. He's catching the ball out. He's making plays that you've never seen Mike Williams do. Toe drag and sideline catches, stuff like that. Last year, he had some unbelievable catches. It's like he all of a sudden developed insane hands. So no doubt in my mind, Quentin Johnson's going to do the same. And he's the clear-cut wide receiver, too, in this class for me as well. But with the three spot, that 108, I think it has to be Jordan Addison here because He's just a great prospect. He's super safe. I comped him to Deontay Johnson coming out back in, I think it was January, and I love that comp. They're both smaller, 5'10", 170-plus pound receivers, smooth operators, good route runners, good hands. They're just sound players, and that's what you're looking for in this range. You want that wide receiver that you know he's going to give you wide receiver two production with upside. He slots in right behind Jefferson. I don't like it because I just hate that he's playing behind the best player in the league and he's going to be in Minnesota for God knows how long because he's Jerry Rice of our generation but Jordan Addison's going to come in he's going to be in that Thielen role and no doubt in my mind he's going to hit a thousand yards a few times in his career and he's going to be a good wide receiver too for Minnesota great pick by them giving Kirk some weapons only thing that gets sketchy don't draft him over Quentin Johnson because Quentin Johnson's tied to Justin Herbert I don't know how long Kirk Cousins going to be good for I don't know how long he's going to be in Minnesota. So he could be due for a QB change. Justin Jefferson's phenomenal. So I'm not trying to play with fire here. TJ Hawkinson as well, but don't, don't overthink it. Jordan Addison's still a good player. His situation's still good. He's just going to be that wide receiver too. But we saw guys like Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, T Higgins perform as the wide receiver two for elite teams, even though I don't think he's on their level, but I think he'll still produce like a Deontay Johnson type player as a ceiling. So. I'm all in on that as well. Talking about elite teams, you let me get my guy here. You know, I I love Dalton Kincaid. I love him. He's my most owned dynasty tight end now. I think Dalton Kincaid, obviously going to Buffalo, is tremendous. Stefan Diggs is, seems a little unhappy. You know, that's going to be a, a thing in here. You know, Gabe Davis has not been that guy. Dalton Kincaid will be a dynasty tight end 
one sooner than later. Right now, I have him as my dynasty tight end six, and I was on just talking it up with with Zoltan. This is a guy that we both believe right now. He's going in round seven of dynasty startups. He almost feels comfortable at round six, late end of round five. Dalton Kincaid is going to be absolutely special. We talked about it with our 2024 class. Brock Bowers is a different type tight end. This is a, an elite kind of guy. But Dalton Kincaid is, is a tier underneath that, but he lands in the ideal landing spot. He goes to Buffalo. Josh Allen has, has been screaming for a tight end like Travis Kelsey. This is Travis Kelsey light, and I would love to take him here over the, the risky picks that are going to be coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And here, I think – End of the tier here. I think it's Zay Flowers. First round wide receiver going to Lamar Jackson's Baltimore. Lamar got paid. He's ready to bounce back. And I truly believe Zay Flowers is going to be in that Marquise Brown Hollywood role, playing that out. Um, that's field stretching option. Great yak player. He, he also has a skill that Hollywood Brown never had. And that's that short area acceleration and burst quickness that Zay displays all over his tape, his ability to catch the ball, stop on a dime, make a man miss, and accelerate. And that's something that's special. His talent, he's a very, I think he's a pretty raw prospect in terms of how he played in BC. He was never great production-wise, but that, that goes to show how bad their quarterbacks were because this kid was making plays consistently all over the field. The volume just wasn't there enough. So I think Zay Flowers is the end of this tier here. He's actually my 109. I would prefer him over Kincaid, but first round wide receiver, still only 22 years old and playing with Lamar Jackson, you can't beat that price. And I truly think that he's going to be the wide receiver one in Baltimore when it's all said and done. So let's talk a little bit about the board here, you know, because we look at B. John Robinson. He's in a tier by himself. I personally have Richardson in a tier by himself, but I, I know you have these next couple guys with Bryce Young and, and Gibbs and Stroud and JSN all in one tier. Then we go to our wide receivers. How close is Quentin Johnston to JSN tier as opposed to the tier above here with Jordan Addison and, Jay, and Zay Flowers? I think he's closer to JSN than he is Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers. I truly yeah. do because I'm almost like, do I want to throw him in that seven, uh, make it seven person in the tier? I haven't done it yet, but he's a clear cut and almost feels like, you know, him and Addison are really close. Kincaid yeah. in a 1.75 tight end premium for sure. I have all three of those above Zay Flowers in a tier there. Yeah. So many people weren't big Quentin Johnson fans. So I, I didn't have to take him 107 in many leagues. I was getting him 108, 109 because. It's almost like he developed like a crowd of haters. They just don't want to draft him. They want nothing to do with him. They just can't evaluate the talent that this kid can play ball and that he has so much upside with his skill set and his raw abilities and his athleticism that he displayed on tape. So this guy, you got to draft him. He's closer to JSN than he is Addison and Flowers, in my opinion. They're all good wide receivers, though. Those four are all going to be something in the NFL. I firmly believe that. All right, so now we get to an interesting part of the draft, right? This is that area we're all trying to move out of. If you guys are doing rookie drafts, if you can get anything after that 109, so if you can get a 24 first for 110, 111, 112, do it. Hit the smash accept button. Take that, you know, because the 24 class is going to be special. A couple weeks ago, we covered that. Um, but I want to make sure we, we start to look at, some of these other assets. There's a lot of guys here. It's a matter of pick your poison. A lot of people have, have, you know, one player up above the rest right now. I think the guy that I'm going to take, and he's been my one eleven the entire time is Devin a chain. And for me, we got to talk about it a little bit. Everybody's saying Dalvin cook's going to go to Miami and Dalvin cook. If you look at his, the advanced metrics of, of how he, he did versus expect yards versus expectation, the worst of his career, He's not even there yet, and we're treating Devin A-Chain. I saw him go 207 the other day because people say he's not going to be the guy. The problem is, Snoog, he was always set to be like the Tony Pollard role. A-Chain's frame at 185 pounds was not going to be bell cow. He's not going to be a three-down workhorse. But this guy in space is absolutely incredible. No player within five yards of A-Chain. Once you get him in that area where he's out in the flat, Dude, it's lights out. Like he is going to make people miss. He's one of the fastest players in the NFL. He's an absolute, you know, going to be a PPR machine, I think, year one. And people that are fading him right now are going to regret it, in my opinion, because this is a player that I think has a tremendous ceiling and could really pan out year one. 
Yeah, and Achain landed in the best spot possible for him. I, I was all in on him going to Miami. I wanted it so bad. And my boy JC absolutely was praying for that situation because he loves Achain. That's his guy from the start. And he loves Miami as a landing spot. That speed with McDaniels, Waddle, Tua, and Tyree Kill is lethal. He's just yeah. going to be used right there. Like They turned Mottstert and Jeff Wilson into relevant guys. Those aren't bell right. cow guys. They're lighter. They're speed guys. Achain's way above the talent those two are. And Achain's great in space. He's good between the tackles. He demonstrates that ability to make people miss in tight areas. And that's what you want to see from a guy his size. He's willing to run between the tackles. He's not afraid of it. He's not shying away from it. He'll drop his shoulder and he'll run you over if he can. I know there's been some reports that he's up to like 192 now, 193. That's good because he's going to try to probably put up size to get to that 195, 200 pound roll and possibly be the next. Chris Johnson and Jamal Charles, who knows? But that yeah. the floor, I think it's just high because two is a check down guy. He likes to throw the ball short. It's all yak in that offense. And if Achain becomes and molds into that RB1 role, even if it's a timeshare, he's going to catch a lot of passes. 50-plus reception upside. Maybe mm-hmm. not as a rookie, but eventually. So I like Achain as well. He's my RB4 in this class. And I, I don't mind you taking him over the guy who I'm going to take next. Yeah, and, and you reference you reference JC there. We had him on the podcast, you know, last week for Smash or Pass. Go follow him at JCJ Dynasty. Great guy. We we covered wide receivers. It was a super fun podcast. Make sure you guys check that out. Now you get the tricky part, right? That one twelve. I know who you're going to take. The world knows who you're going to take because we're letting you get your guy. But tell me why it's Kendra Miller. Yeah, I, I, you said tricky. I think this is a very easy pick for me personally. But yeah, it's Kendra Miller here. Yeah, he just demonstrates everything you want in a workhorse running back. And it's almost like the Saints are the biggest believers in him. They they believe in him more than I do, and that's rare. You don't find that anywhere. So he's 5'11", 215. He, they say he can catch pass as well. He says he can catch pass as well. So it's almost like that's going to be implemented into that offense. And his vision, his ball carrier moves, the way he moves after the catch, everything. He's great. For his size, you don't see many people running – He's probably a four or five guy all day and his acceleration, his burst, his power. He has a great blend of contact, balance, finesse, power. He can do it all. So there's very little backs in this class. There's actually none other than Bijan Robinson that have his size, his agility, and his vision between the tackles and his power. People will try to say Zach Charbonnet, but Zach Charbonnet doesn't move like this kid. This kid is so good laterally and the ability that Kedrick Miller has in this Saints offense. Dennis Allen likes to run the ball. He was just absolutely pounding the rock last year. Derek Carr coming in. I think we're just kind of praying for a Camaro suspension or something. I don't want that to happen. Oh, no, no, let's not pray for that. No, I hope not. <laughs> I definitely don't want that, but I know that's what a lot of Kendrick Miller truthers are probably praying for at this point, but I think he'll get some work this year. I think if anything, Jamal Williams is going to be toast eventually. Kendrick, this year, expectations, you got to lower them, but for the future, wheels up because he's got that knee injury right now lingering. He hasn't been able to get onto the field much, but he's looking like an absolute unit out there. And what he did at TCU was he was just a full-blown bell cow, and he's the reason why that team made it as far as they did. Yeah, and his sleeper ADP, according to Bulletproof.com right now, is the 203, and A-Chain's going at the 201 with both, you know, a couple other guys going ahead there. So right now, I, I, I'm – Right now, the 111 is Will Levis, and the 112, according to ADP, is Zach Charbonnet. And for me right now, I've come around where I'm taking Will Levis, and I'm going to tell you why. So Tennessee is going to be brutal. You know, I can see a situation where Will Levis starts by week eight. Yes, he's raw, but they need to see what they have in him here. Where This is a guy a lot of people were reporting that they were trying to trade into the back end of round one for him as a prospect. Tennessee is going to give him the opportunity at some point in the year for sure. And I would much rather in a 12 team super flex have the opportunity to get a starter than a running back because it's going to be in a timeshare who I feel like is very similar to the running back that he was drafted with. So I'm going to take Will Levis over Charbonnet. Is that crazy? I, you could say, you could say, I don't think it's crazy market wise because I know there are some believers in Levis, but I really don't like him at all. I don't, I don't think he's that great, but, he does have the tools and the size to potentially be something great if they develop him. He's got the strong arm, big 6'3", 6'4", guy. He's mm-hmm. just absolutely jacked out of his mind, and he can run the ball. So 
he's a physical specimen, but I just don't know if he has the headspace and if he could put it all together. So I'm out on him. I'm not right. touching him anywhere. Well, I think I think, I think we're looking at him, but yeah, it's got to be league dependent. If you're rebuilding yeah. at this stage, you take a shot on Will Levis. If you're trying to contend, you take the shot on Zach Charbonnet. Where you know, with with Charbonnet, you're either getting an elite level handcuff or a guy that's going to have a 60 40 split in a, in an offense that's going to score a lot of points. So I have no problem with with it either way. But I, I think in this in a 12 team, if I'm not competing, Will Levis is a solid choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you take in Levis here. I, I'm going to go with Zach Charbonnet because why not? Second round running back. He's a good player. He was my RB5 during the process. I was lower on him than most just because I don't think he's really, I don't think he's caught up to pace with the speed of the game. I don't, I don't think he's really fast at all. People try to say he is, but he ran like a 4.55 or like a 4.53. And he weighed in at like 213. So he, you know, he cut 15, 10 pounds to run that. And he mm-hmm. still ran very slow for his size. So he was like six feet, 214. He ran a four, five, three. Kendra Miller would have smoked that 40. And he's heavier and he's a bigger back. So Zach Charbonnet is just not what people expect. I don't think he's this bulldozer that everyone thinks he is. But I think he's good. He has good hands. He's a good pass blocker, good vision. He's just a good player in general. He's like a better Brian Robinson, in my opinion, much better Brian Robinson. But I think he's going to have a role in Seattle, absolutely. And it's stupid to say he won't. And if Kenneth Walker goes down, there's crazy upside there for Zach Charbonnet to just get a lot of volume because I think he's going to play at 220. I think he's going to play as a bigger guy. And just to be able to catch passes like he can, run the ball hard, he has good vision. He he makes a lot of people miss. I know he played in the Pac-12, so that skews the data a lot, but – he can make people miss. He, he's kind of like not the quickest guy, but he'll make you miss. He'll break tackles. He'll bounce off you. So the upside's there with a Kenneth, Kenneth Walker injury potentially happening. So if not, I think it's going to be like a 70-30, maybe 65-35 split with Kenneth Walker leading the way. But just the potential upside of having him maybe be that starter because Seattle used a second-round pick on him. So we don't really know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So why not swing for that upside with Charbonnet? I like it. This this is the part where I really start to get like 202 to 210. There doesn't feel like a huge difference. And I know, you know, it's June now, so we can talk about it a little bit more, but I'm I'm moving back here. You know, I'm like, I'm moving back whatever I can get on the top because pick, pick your guy here. For me, you know, I mean, I have Mayer and Laporta in that same exact tier. There's a couple wide receivers I like here. You know, I personally have Laporta higher than Mayer going into year one because of the offense that he's in with Detroit, the ability that he's going to line up a lot more in the, in the slot as a big slot and kind of move into that area. I like Sam Laporta. I love, I love Mike Meyer as well. I think both of these guys end up being, you know, back and tight end ones in the dynasty landscape. I'm, I'm shooting for Laporta here. I know my man, uh, commissioner breeze is going to love that out of Detroit, but For me, I'm playing a little bit more upside this year. So let's hit on – I really want to get to rounds uh, three and four. So let's kind of hit on each guy, maybe 30 30 seconds each on why you're taking that guy. And let's let's hammer through the second round because the second round, again, is pretty chalk, but it's it's a matter of picking your guy. Yeah, yeah. Michael Mayer here for me. I I love it. I'm assuming this is tight end premium, of course. Absolutely. That's all all we play. Got that early second-round draft capital. He's coming in as Jimmy G's George Kittle. That's how I like to look at it. Jimmy G loves yeah, to hit his tight end. I love that. He's young. He was baby Gronk coming out of college. Everybody loved him. There's no reason not to love him now. All he did was produce. Produce at a young age at Notre Dame. Coming out as a very good, solid prospect. I think the floor is super high. Love the situation for him. He could potentially be that second option in Vegas. So all day I'm taking Michael Mayer with that value. I like that a lot. I think – you know, the ADP says to go Michael Mayer. I personally, you know, I, I'm big on Sam Laporta. And this point, when you're in the second round pick, you can, you, know, you kind of go with your guy. My wide receiver is one of my guys, Jonathan Mingo here. I like the talent on Josh Downs. I like the talent on some of these other guys. I love the situation with Jonathan Mingo right now in, in Carolina. You know, he's going to be a guy that gets to immediately as a rookie line up there with Bryce Young, get a start from day one. And I think, that that wide receiver room is nothing special. DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, you know Terrence Marshall Jr. I think we are a way where he sees himself onto the field 
early and often, and it's going to be a team that's trailing a lot. So I'm investing in Jonathan Mingo. Yeah, so I have like a tier of five guys here, four wideouts, one running back. I'm just going to stay true to my my evaluations, pre-process, post-process. I'm going to go with Marvin Mims. Very good prospect coming out of Oklahoma. He had so many setbacks there. Coaches leaving, changing quarterbacks, stuff like that. It was just downhill from there for Oklahoma since his freshman year breakout. True freshman, 18 years old, breaks out. You can't beat that. Great, great player. And Sean Payton comes in. First move he makes is Denver Broncos head coaches. I'm going to trade up, and I'm going to take Marvin Mims after posting Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton on the trade block. I'm a I'm a Judy guy. I love Judy. I think Marvin Mims is going to compliment him and Russ's arm great. Field stretching option. I think if anything, it kills Cortland Sutton. But people need to understand you need three wide receivers, at least two nowadays, to be a good team. Sean Payton knows how to use his offensive players to their strengths. I comped him as Brandon Cook's pre-process. I have a tweet way back in like March about it. And it's just funny that Sean Payton literally did the same thing with Brandon Cooks in New Orleans. And now he comes to Denver, same type of player, comes in, drafts him, trades up for him. So I'm all in on Marvin Mims, and I think the situation's great. I'm going to take Josh Downs. I think Josh Downs was higher up in the process, slipped a little bit in the draft, you know, but then he goes to a nice spot. He goes to Indianapolis. I think Downs is a crafty route runner, strong target guy in college. You know, he's good with the the 50-50 balls and contested catches, believe it or not. Great route runner. I think he's going to instantly click with with Anthony Richardson. Like, I, I believe this is a scenario where we're going to look at who's catching passes outside of Michael Pittman. And I think it's I think it's Josh Downs, not Alec Pierce. So I'm taking Josh Downs here. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind that at all. So here, still same tier. I'm going to go with Roshan Johnson because Ooh, he, was, okay. he was my RB6 in this class coming out post-draft process, and I just love everything he can do. He was one of the best guys at yards after contact in the class and at forcing missed tackles. So he's just another – I think – I truly believe he is better than Zach Charbonnet, and if he got the better situation – I literally would take him over him. I don't have to, though. I can play the market. I can get a plus on top. But if you're listening to this, take Zach Charbonnet and then flip him for Roshan Plus because they're literally the same player. They do everything the same, except Roshan's just shiftier and he's better after the contact, in my opinion. If he wasn't Bijan's backup all this time, he would probably be in everybody's top five and we would have got to see a full glimpse of what he's really made of because he came in as a quarterback his freshman year and then and then converted to running back that same year and put up 600 yards rushing. So this kid's just an athlete. He's great. And he has a clear path to volume in Chicago. I don't like Khalil Herbert and I don't like Dante Foreman. That guy can never stay healthy. It's been like what the first year he ever did last year. So it's like Roshan's going to come in good pass blocker and be a great compliment for Justin Fields out of the backfield. So Roshan all day for me. I like it. I'm, I'm going tank Bigsby. I've been a Tank Bigsby guy since day one on this. You know, I think we see a lot closer to Thunder Lightning with, with Bigsby and, and ETN. I know we both love ETN on this podcast, so I'm in no way, shape, or form speaking ill on him. But when when I was looking at it originally, you're looking at this is one of the most elite handcuffs or insurance running backs to own. I think when we look at that second round, Snoop, you've got to look at, you know, Roshan Johnson's going to get an opportunity. Tank Bigsby's going to get an opportunity. You know, you look at Tajay Spears. There's so many guys that are going to go in that second round. Does having a player, you know, like having a, an individual, if you ha- owned one of the other running backs, if you own Khalil Herbert, if you own Travis Etienne, if you own Derrick Henry, how much does that sway your opinion on these running backs of, you know, getting that insurance running back on your own team versus, you know, taking a secondary. So if you owned Khalil Herbert, would you be going out and buying Roshan Johnson there? Or would you consider going with Tank Bigsby based off of that? Yeah, I would go with Tank because I think he's the better running back over Tajay Spears all day. And I think that Tank is in a great situation to succeed if Travis Etienne goes down with injury. And same with Roshan. I think Roshan's going to actually be the starter eventually this year. I'm not sure when. Probably not going to be day one, but he will be the starter eventually. So I'm all in on Roshan. Tank Bigsby as well. That elite handcuff potential in a great offense led by Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. He's going to play. The Jags didn't take him, so he doesn't play. And it hurts to say that as a Travis Etienne truther, but Tank's going to play. He'll probably get like 10, 12 carries a game once he gets settled in. Unless he just absolutely stinks 
and he can't translate his game. But I think he will be able to because he's a mean player. He has that mean that Travis Etienne doesn't really have. Mm-hmm. So he's going to play, and Tajay Spears would probably be third for me here. It's tough with him because he's a good player. The injury history is tough. But with Derrick Henry potentially going down, they like to run the ball. So no doubt in my mind, Tajay's that RB2 in Tennessee. So treat him all as handcuffs. But I think Roshan has the most upside. You're up. So here, last guy. Oh, nope, there's two more in my tier here. But I'm just going to go with Rashid Rice. Hopefully the Chiefs finally got their second-round pick wide receiver right. It's been, I don't know how long since they hit on Tyree Kill, but Miko Hardman, Sky Moore, all these guys, just not feeling it. I don't like Kadarius Tony at all. So I think Rashi Rice legitimately has a very good chance of being the wide receiver one in Kansas City in the next few years, if he hits, if they pick the right guy. So great contested ball, jump ball guy. Patrick Mahomes hasn't ever had that. He's always had the speedy small guy. So now he gets a guy that comes in 6'1". He had like a 40-inch vertical. He could jump like an 11-foot broad jump. So this guy just has hops, and he's great in contested areas. My comp for him was Michael Gallup coming out. So if he could play with Michael a Michael Gallup-esque type receiver, that's great for him because he's never had that. So just having that guy that he could build that connection with on back shoulder fades, jump ball scenarios, all day Rashi Rice at this value. So I'm going to, at the 2-0, I believe, we're at 208 here. I'm going to take Hendon Hooker. And I, I think, you know, there's a couple guys here that I'm flirting with, but I, I love what Detroit's done. I do think Jared Goff is clearly the guy there. But Hendon Hooker, before injury, was phenomenal. You know, I know he's an older player, but any quarterback that you can take that's going to get an opportunity to, to potentially start, you know, and have an opportunity – gives you crazy flexibility and super flex. You know, you get these guys. I'm not saying he's him, but multiple years ago, I was taking Jalen Hurts in this 208 to 212 range. Guys that are going to be backups, I think, give you an opportunity with high upside. Give me Hendon Hooker here over a couple of the backup running backs and and wide receivers that, you know, may not see the field. Yeah, absolutely. You can't go wrong with that pick here, but this is the end of the tier here for me. I'm going with Jaden Reed. I like that. I liked him a lot. He was one of my favorite sleeper wide receivers coming out. He gained a ton of steam over the process, and he just gives me a lot of reckon. Like he just reminds me a lot, like a Diggs, just like that slept on wide receiver, smaller, mm-hmm. never really produced at a high level because he was stuck in Michigan State. They they stink, and they were a run heavy team with Kenneth Walker. But Jaden Reed had a very good breakout freshman season at age eighteen and had a 1,000-yard season after that. So he produced at a high level on a terrible team, a terrible passing team. He's young, early declare, or he's not an early declare, actually. He was a senior, but he's good. He's fast. He got drafted second round early by the Packers, so you can't beat that draft capital at all with that talent. I think he compliments Christian Watson well. They both do everything different, so Mm -hmm. that's good. And if Jordan Love ends up being decent, even like a good game manager, he could have a nice safety blanket with a field stretching option in Jaden Reed. So I like Jaden Reed a lot. I like that. And at 211, that's good value. 212, I'm going to take Tajay Spears. We already talked about it. He's the the handcuff to Derrick Henry. We have to treat this like it's a one- to two-year window, obviously, with his with his ACL injuries. But he's going to be that PPR guy. He's going to have some some boom-bust type capabilities and i think he ultimately is a we're going to find out a great value at the end of the second we're back up here at pick 301 yeah i'm gonna go with jalen hyatt because i don't think there's a sheriff thing wide receiver on that giants roster i like wandell i think wandell's a better wide receiver than jalen hyatt but the torn acl we don't know when he's gonna play and he's also that slot guy they don't have any wide out that can stretch the field on the outside and that's Jalen Hyatt and Dimes does have a good arm Dimes likes to drop back and sling the ball 50 yards down the field like he was targeting Darius Slayton all last year so Hyatt's young he's speedy I don't think he's the best player but I think he's a good NFL player and a good pick for the Giants to open up that field with Darren Waller and Wandell Robinson so Jalen Hyatt third round pick I I would like two guys over him here but just that they're in crowded wide receiver rooms and you just got to go with the guy that has more of a clear path to volume. Right now I'm leaning. There's a couple guys here, but for me, 
you know, we're playing 1.75 tight end premium. I want Luke Musgrave. I think he goes into a situation as a speedy tight end. Yeah, I know he's coming off an injury, but he's got the size and speed that he could contribute pretty early and has, you know, back end tight end one upside in the next couple of years. Sleeper's yeah. giving us a bit of a, a hard time here with I, I'm having I love sleeper. If you guys don't play on sleeper, make sure you guys do follow on Twitter at sleeper HQ. But right now we're we're struggling with the, the actual picks to go on there. So let's just hit it right up off of there. Don't worry about the look the picks. Musgrave just went. You're on the clock. Yeah. So here I gotta roll with my guy here, Cedric Tillman. Okay. I just I liked him a lot coming out towards the end of the post draft process and the pre draft process as well. But I just like the situation. I really think Deshaun Watson bounces back. You got Amari Cooper. You got Elijah Moore. I think he's going to be the wide receiver three long-term in Cleveland with the potential to slot into that wide receiver two role because he's the only like, true big body guy on Cleveland. Like You have Njoku, who's their tight end, but Tillman's a good player. and he, he Him being injured last year, we didn't really get to see what he could do like he did the year before. He was going to build off that. And the emergence of Jalen Hyatt has a lot to do with Cedric Tillman being out, in my opinion. So I just like his play style. He's physical. He's good. He's quick. He's got that good jump ball area. He can jump, make a catch if he needs it. He can make a test through contested areas. So I like Cedric Tillman. I think this is great value to take a shot on him. I am not sleeping on the next guy, Chase Brown. I think Chase Brown finished third in the nation in total scrimmage yards, forced missed tackles, someone that I, I think Travion Williams gets first crack as the backup there. But I think we, we see Chase Brown pass. You know, I think he ends up passing uh, Chris Evans, passes Travion Williams, and by midseason, he's the, the primary number two back there in Cincinnati. And I want pieces in that offense. I want pieces in an elite offense. And I think Chase, I think this is a spot where Chase Brown ends up becoming a value. Yeah. So here, Tank Dell is my pick. Very There's good. Potential Very good to pick. be maybe CJ Stroud's wide receiver one for the next year or two. Um, he's he's good. He's a great playmaker. I, I comped him like way back. I think this was almost two years ago to a Kadarius Tony 2.0, but he mm-hmm. can stay healthy. 1,300 plus yards back to back seasons in Houston. Absolutely dominated, and he is just an electric player. CJ Stroud loved him. They built that strong connection during the draft process, and he traded up to get him. So I'm all in on Tank Dell at this value, and I've been trying to draft him everywhere I can in the third round just because nobody knows who the wide receiver one's going to be in Houston. Mm -hmm. And just with that potential upside shot all day in the third. Give me John Mechie. No, we'll, we'll, we'll be debating yeah. that all offseason. So now yeah. we get in a really, really weird situation where I'm just trying to bet. I talked about it. I was jumped on the Dynasty's Old Time podcast uh, the other day, and we were we were really talking about how you build your roster in a startup. And for me, I'm trying to take those lottery ticket running backs as opposed to the wide receivers in, in day, you know, day three wide receivers. And that's kind of where we're starting to get to. So in this particular situation, I'm going to take Zach Evans. I think Zach Evans gets an okay. opportunity okay. that, um, you know, behind Cam Akers, is it a premium offense? No. Is it a situation where I think he could potentially, you know, end up being the RB2 there? Yeah, I think this is a situation that he could be there. But ultimately, I'm going to take a shot on the running back here because I don't want a roster clogging, Xavier Hutchinson or Trey Tucker or Parker Washington. There's so many guys that we end up drafting just because we we liked what they did in college. But then the NFL shows you, man, day three draft capital on these wide receivers is nearly a death sentence. You know, we're we're talking about very minimal hit risk hit rates. So you're up. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Izzy Abanacanda here because he was a guy I liked a lot during the pre-draft process. I was disappointed by his landing spot, but with Rodgers coming in and with Brees Hall having that torn ACL and potentially maybe missing time, I know I, I don't think he's going to, but just that elite level of a handcuff that Izzy is, still being just 20 years old, and he was an absolute monster when he tested 40-inch vertical. People believe that he ran a 4-4, flat 40, 4-3, 40, who knows? That's, <laughs> there were so many different estimates, but he just absolutely dominated last year in Pitt going for over 1,400 yards, and he was just an absolute monster home run hitter. So that handcuffed upside being just 20 years old, elite athlete, I'm all in for that, especially in an offense that proved last year they love to run the ball. I know they didn't have Aaron Rodgers, but 
is the abanacon is just that handcuff that I want to own behind Brees Hall just in case an injury ever appears again. So who's going to be that odd man out? Because the Jets right now are rolling with four running backs, you know, and the the, the three guys behind Brees Hall have shown some flashes. So, I mean, who do you feel like they're not going to roll in there with four running backs? Who's the guy that ends up not making the team or potentially, you know, moving on somewhere else? I think if anyone is the odd man out, it's going to be son of a night because I just, mm-hmm. I think they drafted Izzy in the fifth round for a reason. You don't just waste that fifth round pick. I know it's a shot in the dark type of pick, but some people nail that pick. So I think him, Michael Carter, you get a great pass catcher at Michael Carter, and then you have Brees Hall. I think that's the three-headed monster room that they're going to roll with. And, and Abramaconda could, yeah. could, he could be on the on the practice squad and kind of do it that way. But you know, they're not going to be rolling that way. We just literally talked about. I don't want to take wide receivers in this situation, you know. And I think there's a lot that changes if DeAndre Hopkins goes to to New England. This would would you know eliminate where where Kayshawn Boutte is. But I'm going to stick to what I've been stick to my guns, and I'm going to take. The guy who was number one in rushing yards last year in college was 1,713. First in rushing yards per game, 155.7. First in rushing yards per carry, 7.35. Second in rushing touchdowns with 19. Dwayne McBride is my sleeper pick right now because of Alexander Madison's the starter. We don't know what we have in Ty Chandler. People like Nene and Wongwu, but I think Dwayne McBride is a name to pay attention to and could end up being, you know, I, I think ultimately Kayshawn Boutte is a great pick here, but I'm going to take Dwayne McBride and stick on brand. Yeah, yeah, I like that pick a lot I, as I well. Know sleeper-wise, that's that's about a half round early, but I feel like it hasn't caught up to, you know, the Dalvin Cook news. Yeah, yeah, so we're in that territory now where it's just throw a, throw a dart and hope you hit the bullseye. So I'm gonna, mm-hmm. just going to go with Luke Schoenmaker. Okay. Um, second round tight end drafted the Dallas. Dalton Schultz left. You never know with what Dallas is going to do. If they believed in Jake Ferguson a ton, I don't think they would have wasted their second round pick on a tight end when they need a wide receiver too. I know they got Brandon Cooks and they have Gallup. Those are both great role players and stuff, but they have other needs that they could have filled. So the fact that they took a tight end, they must believe in this kid. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to roll with him. Second round tight end, why not? Now I'm going to do it. Now I'll take Keishon Butte. So, I mean, you have to at least look at the name cachet. A lot of people are going to remember him from two years ago at LSU, not so much last year. Flip candidate, you know, if they take Hopkins. The worst case scenario here when you're start talking about late thirds, early fourth, is you, you throw him on the taxi and you see what happens. And, you know, you just don't want them to turn into a roster clogger. So you, you forced me to take him. I didn't want to do it, but I did it. Yeah. Yeah, so here I'm going to go with Deuce Vaughn. Because nice. I, I like Deuce. I think he's phenomenal as a player, as a talent. Do you think he takes the number two spot there? I mean, right now it's Ronald Jones, it's Malik Davis. You know, I, I, I'm in, all in for investing whoever that second guy is. Yeah, it's going to be Deuce Vaughn all days. Much better of a talent than both of those guys you just named. He's smaller, but I see a lot of Terry Cohen and um, Darren Sproles in him. And if anybody is going to be an outlier at that size, it's Deuce Vaughn because he was a monster of a rusher and a receiving back. And he was just off the charts analytically in so many different categories right there with the guys like Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. So Deuce Vaughn, sixth round pick, who cares? But his dad is involved with the Cowboys. I know that. So they're going to, they're going to use him to his strengths and he's going to get on the field early. I'm a firm believer in that. I think Pollard is absolutely going to crush 2023 but he's going to need to rest because he's not the biggest guy on the planet. So Deuce Vaughn's going to be that change of pace, Terry Cohen type guy. Like we saw with Chicago, Terry Cohen and Jordan Howard. I think we could see similar to that in Dallas this year. I like it. Now we're really in, in that area where for, like I said, for me, I'm, I'm all about taking the running back upside or potentially this, this pick for me is I am leaning towards Ah, man, Mung's going to love me, but I think the rest of you guys are going to hate me. I'm leaning towards Stetson Bennett. I think Stetson Bennett will start a few games this year because I think we're in an area where Matthew Stafford is not going to stay upright all year with the offensive line. And again, what I'm looking for in this round, this late third, early fourth round, is I'm looking for a guy that some way, somehow, I can trade for a 24 second or give a 24 third and a second and make little wins. And I think Stetson Bennett ends up getting a few starts this year and has that kind of value. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So here, this just gets this is just, this is ugly, right? This is ugly. That's why I, I put out my you know. Uh, if you guys haven't checked it out, the, the rules of engagement, the rules of trading. And one thing for me is I use second round picks to tear up. I use third round picks for sweeteners and same with fourth round picks, because a lot of times the hit rate in here is just so low. It's 8% or less. And this year, I mean, we get into some guys. I mean, let, let's, you got Eric Gray, Michael Wilson, Evan Hull, Sean Tucker, Tucker Craft, you know, uh, Darnell Washington, Brenton Strange, A.T. Perry. And then there's Puka. Puka is someone that's been really jumping up a lot of people's boards. Is that is that fool's gold? Like, you watched a lot more tape on him than I did. And right now, he looks like he could be the wide receiver three for the Rams. That definitely has some value. Yeah, it's just like just like every other fifth-round rookie wide receiver pick. It's just a shot, a shot that if you want to take that, then there's the upside shot that you have for him maybe to have a role eventually. But mm – -hmm. They don't hit at a high level rate. So here, Michael Wilson has the best draft capital at the position. And yeah. losing DeAndre Hopkins is great news for Michael Wilson to kind of slot into that role with Rondell Moore and Marquise Brown. So I'm going to roll with Michael Wilson here. Third round pick going to Arizona to play with Kyla Murray. So I love that value here as well for him. And then we, we just covered the entire fourth round. Um, let's look at the fifth round guys and are any of these guys, most of my leagues cut off at the fourth round. If you go into the fifth round, these guys are either waiver guys, or especially if you're doing a year one punt and you're short on roster space, start throwing in your taxi squad. I'm going to read off all of the ADP for round five. You tell me that one guy out of this group who you'd be investing in. You got Chris Rodriguez, uh, running back from Washington, Dorian Thompson. Um, we're looking at the backup quarterback in Cleveland, Parker Washington in J with the Jaguars, Clayton Toon um, with Arizona. You got Trey Tucker, Jaron Hall, Charlie Jones, Jake Hayner, Kenny McIntosh, ah, Aiden O'Connell, Trey Palmer, and last but not least, our last pick of the entire draft, Justin Shorter. So that is all the way in our fifth round. Fifth rounds are really like the hit rate is insane, but one guy out of that group, who are you taking? I think the one guy I'm taking out of that group is going to be Brenton Strange, just because the Jags used the second, second round draft capital on him again. Another tight end that went in the second round. He was actually pretty solid out of Penn State. He made plays. He can mm -hmm. move after the catch. So that's a guy that, his great value in these drafts. If Evan Ingram, you know Evan Ingram's been. He's been like an up and down roller coaster throughout his career. So I think Brandon Strange long term could have something, even though Evan Ingram's clearly the tight end one there. But that's just the upside shot I like. Three other guys that you named that I like though as well. We're gonna wrap this up here. But Parker Washington, Kenny McIntosh, and Chris Rodriguez. I think those three are the most talented guys left on the board. Mm -hmm. Sean Tucker as well, but you mentioned him earlier. But Washington, again, goes to the Jaguars. I don't really like Zay Jones. So I think there's a, a shot in this world that Parker Washington is eventually the wide receiver three for the Jaguars, playing out of that slot role alongside Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. Chris Rodriguez, Washington's backfield's a disaster. Brian Robinson stinks. Gibson can't stay healthy. He might have a clear path to volume. And Kenny mm -hmm. McIntosh is clearly easily the best receiving back in Seattle. He was an elite receiving back coming out of Georgia. And Georgia running backs seem to always end up being good. So that's the guy to keep an eye on. Much cheaper than Zach Charbonnet. So I, I like to look at it this time of year, you know, and we just wanted to give you guys another another look at it. If you guys haven't done your draft, you know, throw in a little bit of camp news. Obviously, our, you know, we've moved up Quentin Johnston a little bit. We've moved around some players. It hasn't changed a lot, though. You know, so pay attention to camp news camp buzz if you guys have any drafts right now in our patreon we have draft assistance so if you guys are on the clock you know you just tag us or you ask anybody there again shout out to the patreon get that garrett wilson jersey talk to snoob talk to myself mung john all the guys and a, and a, again a group of uh right now over 100 people who are literally there to try to help your dynasty team get better so snoob this was a blast we went over our our mark there by quite a bit you've been hitting the hitting the Twitter world with threads like crazy, kind of pushing out content. Tell uh, everybody what they're working on and where they can find you. Yeah, you guys can find me over on Twitter at FFSnoog. And make sure you guys are following the Smash Accept Network as well on Twitter. Subscribe to the Patreon. 
dad's doing great things there and I'm helping him out there kind of build things. We have so much planned for the future. So that's something to keep an eye on. We have plenty of members in now and they love it. We're constantly chatting in the discord, constantly helping people improve their rosters and stuff like that. And we're also giving you guys exclusive content with our podcast that you don't see every single one of, but I'm constantly going to be crushing out threads and tweets in the next few months of this downtime, boring time of the summer where we have no football and nothing to watch for sports. So this is time to crank content and me and dad are constantly putting out not only threads, but I'm trying to help you guys find the value in your dynasty leagues and who's better than who, even if they're going after the guy that's being valued above him. So this is things like I like, Calvin Ridley over Michael Pittman, and he's going eight to 10 wide receiver spots later. So it's things like that that I like to focus in on and try to help you guys get the plus and make your roster better. So I like that. Next week, we're going to do a little bit of smash or pass talking about ADP with those situations because I, I was just doing that on Zoltan's pod. And man, it, it is a fun exercise. We did it with the last couple of weeks where we're talking about our wide receivers. Uh, so, guys, so much exciting stuff going on. Make sure you guys tune in. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process. Hey, 